No one starts out trying to be invisible. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes they live somewhere no one wants to go. I've heard every excuse under the book, to be honest with you, as far as I just can't go there. Uh, these places don't smell good. Sometimes they live somewhere no one's welcome to go. They'd be like, uh, who the blank are you? You know, well, we're just, we're your neighbors. They are the unseen ones, unhappy and unknown, almost. Yeah, it's not, it's not pleasant, but try to put yourself in their shoes if you had to live there and nobody came to see you. Stories of Hope is a podcast about people who meet needs and change lives. In this episode, maybe it's the times we're living in. Maybe COVID-19 made them do it. Or maybe it was something bigger. COVID-19 created a shift for the whole world. But in our mission, nothing changed about that. Today, we have two stories, both about people who decided to go where not many other people were going and found what not many other people were looking for. From Send Relief, this is Stories of Hope, Episode 39, The Invisibles. Chapter 1, Arctic Eats. Jim Hamilton loves motorcycles and Jesus. He's just that kind of guy, the kind who starts a church and then thinks, hey, we should meet in a pool hall. In Alaska, we were dealing with a generation here that um, pretty much has not been in church. So if we're going to reach lost people who are on the fringe, that a lot of churches wouldn't reach, couldn't reach, then we're going to have to create an entry point into this thing we call church. And for us, we said, you know, let's rent a pool hall. Two years ago, Jim Hamilton helped start Set Free Church in Kenai, Alaska. Set Free is atypical because Kenai is atypical. Kenai, Alaska is a place that's as far from the Bible Belt, geographically and spiritually, as any place can be. It's kind of that, that independent spirit that runs through Alaska people, period. Kind of that Midwestern kind of concept that, hey, I, I can do it, you know, I, I don't need your help. And uh, that's even stronger in Alaska. And, and so um, when they come in a church, often that kind of a person will feel like they don't belong but when they walk in our community center, our set-free community center, where we have church as well, we embrace them. Um, and so, billiards moves to Bible pretty quickly. Folks could come in and have a cup of coffee that's free, eat a breakfast, a light breakfast meal, a lunch or a supper meal free, uh, talk to people, connect with folks. And, and then they learned that we not only care, we want to help as well. The opportunity to help, or at least the opportunity to help that got everybody's attention, came when COVID-19 came. It was still winter in Alaska back then, and Jim found a small community of families living in the woods outside town. No shelter, no food. Uh, soup kitchen closed, stores are closed, and here you have a homeless population 
uh, or people living uh, in a, you know, a tent or a shack. So we said, hey, let's go, let's go to that homeless camp. And then they would tell us about another homeless camp. And then we'd discover a bigger homeless camp with five or six tents. And we'd put meals uh, on a sled and pull it through the snow this winter, you know. And we found homeless camp after homeless camp uh, that people didn't even know existed. There was a period there of a month where we were bringing food out every day as we would discover more homeless people, more homeless camps, more homeless families. And we didn't come in pulling a sled full of meals saying, uh, we're here to tell you about Jesus, brother. You know, it wasn't that approach at all. It was, man, we're here to feed you. We're here because we care about you. Uh, you're valuable. Uh, and then, of course, that turns into conversations about God. Those conversations led to friendships. And those friendships led to bigger things, things no one here will ever forget. Just a few weeks ago, we baptized three people, and uh, it was uh, a baptism that those folks will remember their whole life, freezing cold water, but they loved it. This COVID-19 has triggered a day and a time for us where in the church, it slowed everybody's pace down and it put everybody at pause. We had to learn how to push play off a of pause. And now, chapter two, on the outside looking in. There's a picture of a mother and her daughter. It's hard for Kathy Tisher to look at. It's very difficult, because I get very close to these folks. Kathy is a Southern Baptist chaplain in Oklahoma City who until last March spent all day, every day in nursing homes. Room-to-room visits, uh, sharing about the Lord with folks, uh, meeting them where they are at, uh, certainly building relationships. And the picture she's describing was taken several weeks after her facilities ordered a no visitors, no chaplains, no exceptions COVID-19 lockdown. The picture is of an elderly woman sitting in a wheelchair looking out her window. Her daughter is standing outside, holding a handwritten message. It says, not yet, but soon. It's been a difficult time. They're not getting to see their loved ones except through a window, and knowing some of my residents are dying and now can't be with them here at the end. It's, it's very hard, very hard. I've been doing FaceTime visits, just trying to help diffuse, you know, when the question comes, you know, when is this gonna be over? I don't have an answer for that. I'm not gonna lead them to believe I do. Um, but I let them know that, hey, you know, just because there's walls between us, it doesn't mean that we care any less on the outside. In fact, we probably care even more now, understanding the social isolation that they're dealing with. Rules are rules. But still, after several months of virtual ministry, Kathy wanted back in. She wanted to do something tangible. Uh, it's just tough not being able to be there also with so many of them right now. And it was her own church that helped Kathy do that very thing. As I was talking with some staff in one of the facilities right now, staff can't take in anything, so they can't take in their own food for their meals. The vending machines are shut down. 
So two weeks ago, finally, the facilities uh, agreed to let me bring a load of snacks and drinks and stuff to just disperse among uh, the residents and, and staff. My church was very gracious to pull money out of missions budget to provide for that. We spent about $1,000 on it, and they're telling me, hey, we can do it again, we can do it again. So we'll keep doing that to help them understand, hey, you're not alone, we're here with you. Sometimes when they're on the outside looking in, helpers need help. If Kathy Tischer's COVID-19 story had a moral, it would probably be that. I've had lots of questions from uh, church groups and different folks. What can we do? What can we do? And I just, I know I need help. I have 600 folks between my three facilities that I'm responsible for. I'm just one person and there aren't many of us doing what I do. And so uh, I need churches, I need pastors, I need other groups to see these people are lonely. And uh, we need to help make a difference, not just right now, but all the time. This has been Stories of Hope from Send Relief. Today's episode, The Invisibles. If you're looking for practical ideas on how you and your church can send relief to those most affected by the coronavirus pandemic, go to sendrelief.org COVID. We'll continue telling stories of how believers are meeting needs and sharing the gospel in this age of coronavirus. But on our next episode... Uh, when I lost my job, I met this guy, he had dope, and he introduced me to the needle and my kids. I said, I just, I don't want them to be put through this. So I totally just ghosted out for sure. Ashley Johnson had a nice job, a nice house. She even taught her kids Sunday school class, but then she left it all. She hitchhiked across America, did drugs along the way, and then went to jail. The end, or so she thought. We'll tell the story of how Ashley came back to life next time on Stories of Hope. If you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to Stories of Hope. You'll automatically get a new episode every two weeks. And finally, if you liked what you heard here, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. We'll be back in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope.